Chapter 7 of The Sick Man's Comfort Book by Rev. P.B. Power. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Chapter 7 A Comfort in Envious Thoughts About Others. Every condition in life has its own peculiar trials and temptations. Sometimes the same trials and temptations, as to kind, visit us in each of these conditions, but they have certain differences in their way of attack which make them suit the exact condition in which we are. To adapt is a proof of wisdom and skill, and this is precisely what Satan does. The time of illness has its own particular class of temptations, and they are all so nicely adapted to our circumstances that a long-wearing illness will often require a different kind of temptation from that which belongs to a short, sharp one, just as a long condition of poverty and being kept low would require Satan to use a different temptation from what would be suitable for some one heavy loss. Now, one temptation which at times greatly vexes the sick is envy at the condition of others. Envious thoughts about them, just as at times envy of the rich vexes the poor man who sees even heedlessly thrown away what would be comfort and almost wealth to him. This kind of thought sometimes comes very heavily upon us when we are laid aside. Here are we in bed, or in our easy, or perhaps rather our uneasy chair, and we get letters from friends saying that they are going here and there and seeing this and that, or those around us are full of life and enjoyment, and the sun shines, and the breeze blows crisp, and while all life seems bright to them, alas, it seems to have very little to offer to us. What can be more natural than that we should repine? What more so than that we should envy those who have all that we have not, to whom life is not one long discomfort, but apparently all sunshine. We must expect thoughts like these to be raised in our minds from the very nature of our circumstances. And what can such thoughts bring but great discomfort? We need not, however, continue in this discomfort. We may meet these thoughts with other thoughts, which are comfortable ones. And first of all, when I think how I am to be comforted under these circumstances, I ask myself, who has appointed me my present lot? Who has sent me my illness? Is God in this matter? Have I distinct views upon this subject? It is very unsafe to survey the lot of others except in the light of God. A sound heart, it says in Proverbs chapter 14, is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. David fell into the trouble of which we are speaking here. It pressed so hard upon him that his feet were almost gone and his steps had well nigh slipped. It stirred very uncomely thoughts in him and drew very uncomely words from him. He thought a great deal about it and tried to understand all about it, but he confessed that it was too painful or too hard for him until he went into the sanctuary. Then he understood all about it. That 73rd Psalm forms a very useful study for all who are in like circumstances to David. To the sanctuary, i.e., to God himself, must you go, my sick friend, if you are to be comforted. Art not thou infinitely wise, O my God and Father? What, does my unbelieving heart want to make out that thou hast made a mistake? A mistake in sending this illness to me at all, in its nature, its length? Anything about it? Hast thou come into contact with me in this matter for evil, with the design of hurting me? Oh my God, I will behold thee in the sanctuary, not in the glass of my poor evil heart, 
where I would distort thy image, but where thou showest thyself. And I believe that thou art good, and good in the highest way to me. And this is the God that has appointed to others their lot also. What I have he gave me, even though it be pain, and what they have he gave them, even though it be pleasure. Shall he not do what he wills with his own? But that would not be enough. I must believe that infinite wisdom has been at work to give me the best thing for me. Why it is best for me, I know not. Enough that, if it comes from God, it must be so. So then, I have nothing to do with the lot of others at all. It is as God has chosen to appoint it, and I am not to think that I can improve on it. It is all best as it is, best as it is, O my Father. I am comforted because thou who art all wise and good hast settled my lot for me. But there is another comfort. Would the lot of these persons I am inclined to envy be the best for me? There are many things in the world which are good in themselves, but are not good for particular persons. Many dainty dishes are excellent for others, but not for me. And because I know that they are unsuitable for me, I avoid them. And the lot of those we envy may be, by no means, a good one for us. It may be as bad for us as it is good for them. We each stand alone before God, with our peculiarities of character and temperament, with the temptations to which we are liable. We stand before him in our individuality, and he deals with us one by one. Therefore I comfort myself, if I believe in God, in the assurance that I have the lot that is best for me. Why it should be best, as I have said, I cannot tell. That I must leave to God. I know that all connected with me lies naked and open before him, with whom I have to do, and I know he is dealing with me as an individual, that my case stands, as it were, alone before him. I comfort myself, O my God, with the belief that thou appointest for me what is best for me, for me. Then we may ask ourselves the question, Is it indeed so happy with those we envy? Are we certain that in the spending of money, or the going to and fro, or in enjoying one pleasure after another, people are indeed so happy as we who cannot enter into these things, suppose? These things sparkle more and make more noise than enjoyments of a quieter kind, but so does the brawling brook with but little water sparkle more and make more noise as it breaks over the stones than the deep waters which glide noiselessly in all their mighty power toward the sea. How soon the pleasures which we envy come and go, how soon they burn out, how many of them leave nothing but ashes behind. When the week of the gay ones and our week is ended, what have they had so much more than we? We put a false gloss on many things, and we may comfort ourselves with the thought that much which we fancied we had lost was nothing but just the painting of our own imagination. We forget very often that there are different kinds of happinesses and pleasures and our kind, perhaps, is not the least or worst. If they have theirs, we have ours. We are different trees, and there hang upon us different fruits. If we think ourselves left without any good thing in our condition, no wonder if we are unhappy and discontented. For the Almighty has so constructed man that he never can be happy as long as he thinks he is left without any good. The point is, to believe we have our good things as well as others have theirs, and if only we think many of them will appear. There be many that say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart 
more than in the time that their corn and wine increased. The psalmist had peace. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, O Lord, makest me dwell in safety. Psalm 8, verses 6 to 9. When you are seeking comfort from this source, ask yourself this question. Have I discovered all the good that is incidental to my lot? Let us try and find out good things in our condition, and we shall be sure to do so. God hath set the one over against the other, it says in the scripture, and if he have appointed the bitter, we may rest assured he has appointed some sweet with it. Very often, we have to hunt for our blessings to find them. They are none the worse for that, unless the violet be the worse for having to be looked for amid the leaves. In sickness, little mercies are as sweet and really great to you as very great things are to other people in health. Give a poor man a pound, and he has as real a sense of wealth as a rich man if you give him a hundred pounds. Moreover, he has as great enjoyment in settling how he will spend it and in spending it. Enjoyment is enjoyment, whether it uses as its machinery what is great or small, and there may be as much enjoyment to you in sitting out in the open air quietly for an hour as there is to another in a day's shooting, or fishing, or going on an excursion, or having some great pleasure. Things are as they are to us, and you have your great pleasure just as he has his. Ask God to show you the good things incidental to your lot. Believe that there are some and look for them. It is astonishing how many things turn up when they are regularly hunted for. There are sick men who have had as much real pleasure in being able to move a joint as a schoolboy has had in winning the prize in athletic sports, to whom a mutton chop has been as dainty a treat as a Lord Mayor's feast. Set about blessing hunting, then, as soon as you can. Blessing hunting is comfort hunting. The fishermen may go out and catch nothing. The fox hunter may go out and have no find. But if you go out blessing hunting, you must succeed. Let others then go their way upon the path which God has appointed them, Enough for you that it is not your path. Do not expect to find their things on your path, even as they are not to expect to find yours on theirs. They may be happy and useful in their lot. Be you so in yours. It is when we want to move outside our own spheres that we get discontented and envious and unhappy, and that we fail in what God has appointed for us. And we must try not to be failures, but to be found at the last to have glorified God in our own sphere. We may be sure we shall do best for his glory and for our own happiness in the lot which infinite wisdom and love have pointed out for us. End of chapter 7